It is, uh, you know, it's always my joy to be here with you. And today we get to continue in our study of the book of Romans. Now, we've been in this series that uh, is called Hungry. And the heart behind that is really, you know, we have to have a, a healthy hunger in our life for God. Because you know what happens is, is when you're full, when you're, you are not hungry, when you're not seeking, then you become apathetic. You think, ah, you know, it's not a big deal. We just sit around. And uh, I know earlier in the series we, we showed a, a clip from, from Wally. And those guys, if you've ever seen that, they're just on autopilot, right? Robots are doing everything for them. And, and sometimes that's how we can be in our spiritual life, that, that we can just kind of go on autopilot. So, so what we're doing here is we've been looking at the book of Romans and, and really seeing, you know, how can we develop a healthy and, and genuine hunger for God? And so today we, we are, have reached a turning point in this book. In this letter um, from Paul to the Roman church, we've reached this uh, turning point where where I believe the first 11 chapters has really been focusing on a lot of uh, kind of doctrine and theology, and, uh, and now we're shifting into the next section. So would you join me in, in prayer as we prepare to get into God's Word? Lord God, we thank you for today. I'm so thankful for your Word that, that you are a God that is present with us and if at any point in our lives we are seeking to hear your voice, if we are seeking direction from you, we can open up your, your word. We can open up the Bible and we can hear your words. And we know that this is something that is not just a book. It is, is not just a, a text, a collection of different writings. But no, this is, this is a living this is something that you breathe fresh into, that every time we read this, you're able to speak to us. So, Lord, that's our prayer this morning, that, that you would speak to us through, our work, through your word, that, um, Holy Spirit, that you would fall afresh on us, that you would awaken us, Lord God, that you would help us to awaken like if we were sleeping, that we would be awakened and come alive to your purpose and uh, your, your will for our life. So we thank you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, let's get right into it. In Romans 12, uh, you know, and I feel like I, I am almost apologizing each week because there's so much in this book. And, uh, you know, my desire, one of the, one of the things that, that I've really come to accept is that, you know, it's my place and kind of my calling in life to, to help that as a shepherd, as a pastor, you know, my purpose is to really to help create that hunger, to give you kind of that taste. It's like the appetizer, right? That you get the appetizer and you're like, man, that's good, right? That's, that's good. And, and your, your hunger grows up so that you yourself will, will dig into this, so that during this coming week that you will get into this book of Romans and really go deeper. Uh, so today we're just kind of arousing the appetite, right? So if you can join me uh, on the board here, uh, Romans 12, 1 through 2. Uh, right now I'm in the English Standard Version. You guys, why don't we all read this together, okay? I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, 
holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Now, maybe you noticed it, maybe you didn't, but there's a, a specific word that I want you to kind of lock into, and that says, he, you know, this is Paul saying, I appeal to you, brothers, or I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, right? So that therefore, uh, maybe you've heard it said that anytime we see that therefore, we got to stop and, and we got to ask, what is it there for, right? Because that's like a turning point. That's like a pivotal thing. It's, it's a, hey, I explained all this stuff Therefore, now I'm going to tell you the next thing, right? And so that therefore is this build up. And like I mentioned at the beginning, the, what we've been going through in these first 11 chapters has been a lot of doctrine and theology. It has been a lot of, of Paul's teaching and explanation of, of this is where we're at. This is our present condition that we we are humans, we've been given the law, but we could not satisfy. We could not follow the law. So we cannot save ourselves, that we fall short. That in, in fact, in, in this book of Romans that he has already explained that, hey, you know what? It doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile, a non-Jewish person. Everybody, we're all in the same place, that we've all fallen short of God's expectation for us, of his, we've fallen short of his glory, that we're imperfect and, and we have all sinned. And yet in that, God in his love and mercy has reached out to us and given us a way, and that's in Jesus, right? And so he's built up this whole case. He's built up this whole explanation that while we were sinners, Christ came and died for us, and through that, that we accept that gift of grace, then we're able to be restored. That we, were, we are able to be right by God. That we are able to be justified, to be uh, on this journey of sanctification, meaning that we are becoming more and more like God. And, and in that, as we accept him, then we know that we have been actually adopted into his family. Do you know that if you're a believer, that he looks at you, he calls you son. He calls you daughter, right? And with that, everything that comes with being part of God's family, that you are heirs to the kingdom, that you walk not in helplessness, but in power. Why? Because of who your father is, right? And so with all of that, then Paul says, therefore, because of all this, because of what God has done for you, for us, now, here's what we should do. Here's where we're going. I'm going to read it again. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Paul calls us to commitment. He says, look, God has done all of this. He sacrificed everything 
for you. Now, this is what we're being called into. We're being called into commitment. He urges, he insists, he even, you can say, he even orders us that because of what God has done for us, that we should then, in response, sacrifice our bodies as a living sacrifice. You guys know what sacrifice is? I mean, this is something that is is not normal to us, right? But... um, you know, you, you think about sacrifice, is the, it is full commitment. It was something that was offered in place of something else or as a payment for something, right? There was tradition that, that you know, at, at on regular times that, you know, like let's say, let's say I messed up, I sinned, then I would say, okay, I need to make a sacrifice that that would pay for that penalty, right? Well... Sacrifice, when we talk about commitment, it really is, it's all in. It's all in. Um, I thought of an example, uh, I don't know. I, you know, I've been doing a lot of cooking lately and uh, kind of growing in that area. And uh, last night, actually, you know, last night uh, my wife came home and she had some groceries. And uh, she had, what did she bring me? She brought me a pound of ground beef. Okay, because uh, we were having a little argument the other day about who can make you know better burgers and that kind of thing, and, <laughs> and um, so she brings me a pound of ground beef and kind of it's like, okay, you know this is what I got. I'm tired. I'm going to go watch TV. You make dinner, right? So I'm like, what? So I look in the fridge because because you know I'm like, okay, what is all the stuff that she's bought? And all that I see that's new in the fridge is ground beef and bacon. I'm like, (laughs) I'm supposed to pull off dinner with just this meat, you know? And so, you know, I felt like it's like Iron Chef time, you know? It's like the the ingredients have been revealed, like, and I'm like, whoa, all right. My mind's thinking, what am I going to make, right? And, uh, of course, I stepped up to that challenge, and, uh, you know, I, I, I made it work. Okay, I made it work, but in all seriousness, as I was cooking, um, you know, the first, like, burger or kind of, you would, more of a hamburger steak, uh, you know, (laughs) it it was sacrifice. I had to sacrifice it. Um, I mean, I still ate it. It It wasn't a total waste, like, but to be honest, I had to cut off, like, a portion of the bottom because, it was just, you know, it was just a layer of just cancer, just flakes, you know, of, of just, you know. So I had to cut that off, but I ate it. It was still good. So that showed me, because I was willing to sacrifice that, that one, you know, burger first, I was able to check my, my spices. I was able to check the heat, um, you know, how long am I covering this, you know, all these different variables. I was able to check that. And through that sacrifice of that first burger, then... You know, I heard comments afterwards of, you know, oh, that was the greatest burger I've ever had, you know. <laughs> and, 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 of course, you know, I was asked, you know, what did you put in? And I'm like, you know, I can't give away my secrets. But, um, but you know, sacrifice means all in, right? That's what it means. When we talk commitment, we talk sacrifice. It's the willingness to go all in, right? But Paul says something that's just magnificent because he doesn't just say, hey, guys, you got to just be ready to give it all, right? He says, give yourself, offer yourself, offer your bodies as a living 
sacrifice. Right? That's a sacrifice that is not a, hey, it's burnt up and it's dead or it's tossed out or it's thrown away, but as a living sacrifice. This is something that is continuing on, that is, is going on. And then he pairs that with a description that we should not conform to the world, to society, to the thoughts, actions, beliefs that are against God, but that we should have our minds transformed, that we should be renewing our minds through God, that he would be changing our mind, and through that, you know, we would be able to seek his will and direction for our life. Um, I heard some of you um, maybe have seen this example. Uh, it's National Geographic. They have a TV show, and uh, but I thought this is an amazing example of conforming. Yeah, go ahead. You can, you can roll it. Set up a hidden camera experiment to see if this woman would stand up at the sound of this tone simply because everyone else is. So you might be thinking you'd never go along with this. This was supposed or to would be you? Uh, for free eye tests. After just three beeps, and without knowing why she's doing it, this woman is now conforming perfectly to the group. But what happens if we take the group away? Elaine, please. Okay. Now she's alone, the crowd is gone, and nobody is watching her, except our hidden cameras. What do you think she'll do? She's now conforming to the rules of the group without them even being there. Now, watch what happens when we introduce another outsider who doesn't know the rules. Have a seat, and they'll be out in just a couple minutes. Thanks so much. Think she'll teach the new guy what to do? <laughs> we kept the cameras rolling as more unsuspecting patients arrived. Slowly but surely, what began as a random rule for this woman has now become the social norm for everyone in this waiting room. It's amazing, right? You, you, you think that would never happen to me, but it's the power of, of conformity. It's the power of peer pressure, right? It's the power of... Do you want to stand out? Do you want to be different? Do you want to be looked at and have people think, why aren't you with the rest of us? Right? 
But the truth is that we are called out to stand out. In fact, when we talk about holiness or holy, that's what it means. It's set apart. It is set apart, right? And so, you know, for us as Christians, we can never do that. We can never be transformed and not conform if we are not learning what are we supposed to be following? What are we supposed to be doing? What should we be doing? Because if we don't get ourselves in God's word, if we're not being filled with the things of God, then, then how can we compare what is truth to a lie? Right? And so how can we not help but just conform, just fall in line like everybody else? Right? And, and the hard thing is that, that, you know, this was an example in a waiting room, right? But there's so many, so many things in our lives that we may not even realize because we haven't even evaluated. We haven't held it up to the standard of God and said, you know what, is this a godly action? Is this godly behavior? You know, I think as students, maybe, um, well, I can speak for myself, I guess. I know you guys were, were good. You did the work. But, you know, my friends, they were like, hey, man, yeah, I got the answers for, for the test. You know, I got the answers from the last, you know, quiz. Or, you know, and so that was like one of my first things, like, oh, am I going to cheat? Am I going to conform to my group who they're all in this? Right. And there's so many different ways that I think you, you can already think of different ways that you may be challenged in your life. But Romans 1 to 2, it's not going to be up here, but so just listen. Uh, I'm going to read from the, the Message Bible. It's uh, Eugene Peterson. It's kind of a, you can think of it as like a paraphrase or his own words, his own explanation as he has studied and spent uh, so much of his life studying the Bible. He writes... Romans 1 to 2, it says, again, this is Paul's words. It says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you, take your everyday, ordinary life. your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life. And place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking, right? If there's an action that makes sense, that's like, yeah, that's a good thing. Everyone's doing it. Okay, I'm going to do that, right? But this lady, she didn't know why they were standing up, right? She had no idea, and she passed it on, right? Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. I love that. Sacrifice your life. Like what you do, what you're about how you live, place that before God, and that's the best thing that you can do. Give yourself completely to God. Seek his direction for your life. Give yourself as a living sacrifice. Why? Because of all he has sacrificed for you. Right? And because we know that, that as a good father, that his intention, that his heart, that his desire is to lead us into life abundant. 
Now, Paul, he continues, and you can track with me verse 3, 12-3, it says, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. We need every member, that's all of you, that's myself included, to be aware of who you are. How has God gifted you? And how is he calling you out as a living sacrifice to take part in his story, to reach his people, to reach out to his children that he wants to bring back? The church is described as a body. That although there's only one body, so it's got to be unified, like you got one body, but we have all these different parts. Now, one of the ways that, that I tend to connect with people is through sports. And uh, this past week, I, I got to play basketball with some guys that I know. Um, I, I went up to, to L.A. and, uh, you know, to beat the traffic, I went early. So I had time to kill. I, I got in a hold of one of my friends I hadn't seen in a while. And, and so we started to hang out in the early afternoon. And, and what was on on Wednesday? Dodger game. So um, I see a lot of blue in the crowd. So all right. Um, but, uh, you know, so we said, man, we got to watch the game. But it's like the middle of the day, right? And he's throwing out suggestions like, oh, I don't, I don't know. I think there's a sports bar over there. I'm like, what am I going to, you know, you, what are we going to do? Do they have food? No, just alcohol. Well, I don't think we can go there because I'm not going to be sitting there buying a bunch of drinks just to watch the game, you know what I mean? So we're looking, we're searching. We're actually calling up all these different restaurants like, hey, do you guys have a TV? And uh, finally, <laughs> we found a, a, a restaurant uh, near, near where we were, and, and they had a TV. It was a Japanese restaurant. And so we sat at the sushi bar, and we were watching the game. And it was uh, th- three guys. There was me, my friend, and one other uh, guy we didn't know, and we were sitting there watching the game. I was not planning on eating you know, a meal like that. I had actually brought some food from home. Don't tell my wife. But I was like, you know, <laughs> I, I brought my pack, my lunch, and, and, and I said, man, i got to buy something so we could sit here. So I bought a nice uh, chicken teriyaki uh, plate, and uh, I ate half of it, and then, you know, I got the rest to go, and, and we're sitting there watching the game, and of course the game's long, right? And we're extending our stay to the point where, you know, the waiter's coming around, and he's like, oh, would you guys like to see the menu again? We're like, <laughs> no, nah, man, just some more water, you know, uh, it's good, thank you. You know, and, and so we kind of outstayed our welcome as much as we could, and then we felt too awkward, so we left. But, um, but you know, I, I was there, and, and so because of that, I had, you know, leftovers, and it was good chicken. You know, it was good, so I was looking forward to eating that for dinner. So, you know, I played basketball, and, and of course, afterwards, some of my friends were like, hey, man, let's go out to dinner. <laughs> let's go out to eat. And I was already just exhausted, and I was like, man, I got to drive all the way home. 
I'm really tired, but yeah, let's, let's, you know, I just felt like I was supposed to go. So I said, you know what, I, I'm going to go. And I was telling one of my friends, like, dude, I got two meals in my car right now. <laughs> like, my car just smells of chicken. But I got two meals. Like, and, and to be honest, as, as I was, you know, out there, you know, we've been uh, trying to watch our money and really uh, keep, you know, budgets tight. And so I'm like, man, I can't really, I shouldn't be buying a whole nother meal. I already have two perfectly good meals in my car. And so this was something really kind of weighing on, on my mind and my heart at that time. And, and, you know, we had great conversation. We had two tables, a uh, decent-sized group. And I was at one table talking to my friend. And, and then on this other table, you know, the night's, like, over. Like, we're all done. We're ready to get the check. We're bought. And I'm like, all right, I'm so tired. And then what happens? I hear the conversation in my peripheral, you know, and, and they're saying, hey, you got a pastor right here. Why don't you ask him? You know, I'm like, man, <laughs> it's going to be good, you know, I'm like, God, I'm tired, man, I wasn't even planning on coming, and, and, and so, you know, I had a smile, and yeah, what's your question, you know, so, so I, a new friend that I just kind of met, you know, and he was saying, you know what, I got all these problems with Christianity, I got all these things that, reasons why I, I can't kind of get on board, and and here's kind of some of my things. And he's bringing out these heavy questions. You know, if God is so good, you know, why does he have a problem with homosexuality? Why is there, the, you know? And I'm like, oh, man, right? But in that, in that time, in that moment, you know, I had to say, you know what? I, I'm here. I'm available, God. And this is what you have called me to. And so I began to engage in conversation. And really what I did was I couldn't just be like, hey, man, let me just give you all the references. And, and here you go. You're going to read that. And that's God's word. No, I, I had to share my history with God. You know, I got to share with him my testimony that, you know, I had a moment in my life in junior high that I met the Lord and it marked me. And for the rest of my life, you know, that changed me. And my journey, my history with God has been many different steps of faith. Because that's what it came down to. Is it's these steps of faith, these leaps of faith, if you will, that because I knew that God was real, I began to kind of look into his word. And I began to kind of connect these dots. Well, it says he's good. It says he'll provide. All right, I'm going to trust him in that. And then what happened? He provided. And so I said, well, what he said was true. Okay, and I start making these jumps of, of, okay, he said this, and I believe that that was true. So maybe I can believe this next thing that he said. And then throughout my life, there's been these different jumps. And so for me, just being able to share my heart openly, clearly, not trying to push anything on anybody, but just sharing, this is my heart. This is what I've experienced. This is my history with God. And he was listening. He was interested and there was lots of, you know, smiles and nods, and, and it, was, it was just an amazing conversation, you know, at, at 11 o'clock at night in, in this little diner. And after that, you know, again, remember I was worrying about my meal and all this, and then after that, this guy, he quietly, he paid the bill for all of us. And I thought, man, God, wow, you know? That it was just, you know what, just be obedient. Just just go. Just be obedient. Be open. And as we left that restaurant, 
not my new friend that was asking me all these questions, but actually an old friend um, that I've known for many years that we've been trying to uh, reach out to. And, and, you know, he's someone that is, is not a Christian, but, you know, because he knows uh, many solid Christians that he's open to the gospel in, in, in that he, I think he respects us, you know, he enjoys our company, and uh, we've been able to pray for him many times. But, but anyways, you know, I, I, don't, I guess I never really had deep spiritual conversations with him for years until that night. And as we were walking away that night, you know, he gave me one of the highest compliments I've ever received. And, and he, he told me, you know what? I never heard, you know, you're, you're a great speaker. I could listen to you all night, man. And I was like, whoa, what? You know, really? Like, that just, like, you know, blew my mind. In moments like that, I, you know, I believe that, that if we're available, if we're just open to what God wants to do, then he can use that to plant seeds in people. He can use that to, to share God's love. He can use that to begin to change people's hearts. And I have to believe that, you know, that, that in that moment, as small as it is, a sacrifice for me, that I'm so tired that, you know, this restaurant, that, you know, other people are overhearing our conversation, that they're looking at us like, what is this guy talking about Jesus, you know, at 11 o'clock at night in this Chinese cafe, you know? That me just saying, you know what, I'm sacrificing this. I don't care what people think. I don't care, you know what, I'm just going to say what's on my heart. You know, I want to believe that, that God is able to use that. And it's my prayer that, that those guys there would be closer because I believe they're on the way, that they will be closer to, to meeting God as their Lord and Savior. And with that, I'm going to close um, you know, our time. There's so much more. I've actually got a bunch of notes that I said I'll skip over this if we don't have time. Um, but there's, there's so much in 12 and 13, so read through that yourselves, because there's a lot of different ways that we're able to, to follow God with our lives, that we're able to live that out. Okay, so I'm going to close with this, and then we'll go into a, a short time of, of our, our small groups as we've been doing during this season, uh, this series. Uh, Romans 13, 11 to 14. Here's what it says. And you can read along with me. It says, Besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep, for salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. So then, let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. He's saying, you know what time it is. It's for us to, to, to walk like it's daytime, not like we used to be before we were saved in the darkness when we were just searching around. So think about that in your own life, that we're called to, to, to live 
as if we're awake, as if we can see, as if we know where we should be going, not like we're on autopilot, not like we're asleep, not like we have an excuse because, oh, I can't see, so I don't know where I'm going. But no, God has called us specifically, each and every one of you. So our weekly challenge, uh, you can take a picture of this. Uh, You probably know that if you receive our emails, I send this out uh, during the email on Tuesday. Uh, But the weekly challenge, no, is read Romans 12 to 13. And as you read that, consider Paul's call to live our faith for Christ. Grow. What is the therefore in your life? What history do you have with God and what motivates you to love others? And overflow. Ask yourself if you are open to God's call to love others. Are you living like someone that is awake and ready to act? So we're going to just take a few minutes um, so you can gather with somebody around you and, and just leave this slide up here. Go through the grow and let's share, you know, what is the therefore in your life? Like what was that moment in your life, that, that pivot point, that because of this point in my life, I got to live differently. Because of this point in my life, you know, it could be when you first met the Lord or it could be something more recent that, that you feel like, you know what, this is a pivotal point in my life. Consider that in your groups and, uh, and then we'll, we'll close out with a final song.